All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. And if you are questioning, like, what in the crap is going on in this world? Uh, if you're questioning everything from a marketing standpoint, what do you even believe? Then listen up, because this is the episode for you. Because we have none other than the marketing genius, the guru, who I just I think is just incredible. Because everything is marketing. <laughs> and when, even when I do pauses. Josh Latimer. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I do believe that everything is marketing and marketing is everything. And we're actually not even talking about business. Right. I just mean in general. I think uh, parenting is marketing in a way. Dating is definitely marketing. Thank God I don't have to do that, right? Thank God. What a load of garbage the first six months of that is, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, persuasion and choreography and the way that you persuade Somebody is mark. I mean, the the apostles were marketers. Oh yeah. Paul was an entrepreneur, and he was a very persuasive guy. I mean, he would go to like intellectual people and have like real debates with smart people and like deconstruct like the Greek mythology thing or whatever it was. And, or I guess in Rome, and uh, everything is marketing. Marketing is everything. The way we transfer our beliefs and thoughts and ideas into our children, the way we market to ourselves is marketing yes. i think the hardest per person to sell is us unlike god's call on our life and it's is it really me i'm just me myron golden calls it i'm just me itis it's an inflammation of the i'm just me gland <laughs> but you know people are like they don't believe they're not fully persuaded that they have a mission a mandate a purpose and a destiny in their life yes mm. even so though good. the bible says god knit us together in our mother's womb and we're not a cosmic accident. And we, I do believe everybody has a, a specific call on their life. That's what I mean when I say everything is marketing. I love it, man. I love it. Because I come from, you are like marketing genius. I come from kind of more sales side of things. And it's such an epic marriage when marketing and sales, I think <laughs> in like big, big corporate America, there's different divisions of marketing and sales. Yeah, like, oh, and, yeah. And the and they hate each other. They hate each other, yeah. right? Because they blame each other. And it's well, because like, the marketers do anything to just get a lead. And then the sales guys constantly yeah. say the leads are terrible, right? right? And so it's this friction, yeah. right? Um, even like with small companies, I think, I'll just say, I've, I've worked with uh, small business owners for over 10 years. And the most frustrating ones, hands down to like mentor, are Christian entrepreneurs. <laughs> I believe that. It's really true. Not always, but if I look at my most difficult people, it's them. Weird false beliefs about money and you know, religious programming and shame. And then, you know, this whole poverty is piety thing in their head where they almost pretend like they're more righteous for failing right. at something. Yeah. Or they want to pray about things for 10 years instead of do something imperfectly right now to kind of see what happens. Yes. You know, not stepping out in faith. I think people think that faith means like you have certainty and then you do something. I don't, that's not been my experience with faith. Faith is like doing something while terrified or do it like the definition of courage is doing what you know is right even while you're afraid. Yeah. And, you know, Christians move like turtles when it comes to making money in, in these things oftentimes. And I do see a shift happening thankfully. Mm -hmm. We need more of a shift. Heck we yeah, need we people do. to know how to market, know how to sell, and know how to read a P&L, and know how to, what a balance sheet is, and know how to lead and inspire your employees, and all of the skill sets and mindsets required to succeed in business, if you have a business, you need to have all those things. Like, you don't win just by putting a, a, a fish bumper sticker on your car. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And I think a lot of this comes back to our mindsets, 
right? And because our perception is our reality, correct? Right? Yours is different than mine. Anybody else's, uh, even Christian, like your your perception four or five years ago of even just like your uh, your faith, right? It's mm-hmm. just like it was looking through, and I, this is why I just geek out to the gospels too. It's like Matthew had a perspective, Mark had a perspective, Luke had a perspective, but they're they're all given like the same thing, but through a different lens. And we have a a lens of like entrepreneurship and it's like this perspective of how to crush in business and in life, but how to do it like faithfully, how to do it righteously for the ultimate purpose, the God-given purpose of why we were created, right? So, but with this mindset that we have, I'm curious to just hear your thoughts on this of like the, once we realize like, oh my gosh, I do, I've, I've been, uh, I've listened to fake news, uh, maybe even from the church, mm-hmm. right? Or just like uh, how they've they've put a, a spin on things or twisted scripture. The enemy's done a great job at doing that, uh, limiting these beliefs of believers, um, and and ultimately just giving that that permission to our to yourself. Yeah. Um, but then also just you know what we do throughout the King's Council. So. Yeah. Well, I never heard anybody in my first nine years of salvation say anything like what Josh just said right there. And it was simple. It it makes sense. But it's just like, why is nobody in the church saying that we have permission to make money and we actually need money to fund kingdom advancement? And yeah, that like that whole uh, poverty is piety and and all that. I I didn't realize that I had a poverty mindset until I met Riley and I told him. You know, I had the blue collar job working at the hospital doing, you know, probably 40 hours a week ministry. And I was like, you know, Riley, I'm just praying for a job that, you know, could could pay the bills and, you know, I'll eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, you know, I, I just want to serve the Lord. And he's like, man, this is the most selfish thing I ever heard anybody say in my Ooh. life. And I was like, huh? I was like, this guy Riley's a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I heard that. <laughs> and he was like, well, if all you could do is provide for your family and just enough to get by, what in the world could you possibly do for others? And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, the whole love your neighbor thing. That's that's pretty big one in the you know yeah. the two main commandments that right. sum up all of the the law so i was like yeah but it, it was really took for me being around you and then the guys at king's council other entrepreneurs who have that same mindset and mentality which ironically enough is a, a lot of a lot of them got involved with king's council because they felt like outcasts in their their home sure, church sure so we kind of created this group you started this and it's it's a community of like mindsetted to use your words entrepreneurs and then i just i want to be in the room with guys like you guys like you josh because that and and then get this out there the the church needs to hear that it's okay to make money it is and they do need to hear that and coming to even back to the marketing thing i think it is our if we're made in the image of our creator shouldn't we be the most influential people on this earth. Shouldn't we, if we are ambassadors for Christ, if you think of like what an ambassador is, like just our limited perspective of it, like they're they're in a protected territory, right? If we have an ambassador for the United States that's over in uh, Rwanda, right? They're, they're like, I don't know. Very specific example. Yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's they're in a protected territory, right? They have specific rights that they are allowed to do mm. and, and authoritative rights, right? So if we are an, an ambassador, we should be a representation of who our creator is. Mm. And last I read, like, uh, he's 
he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, right? It's, it's, it's this limited mindset that what the enemy has done from the beginning of getting us to focus on lack that causes us. The enemy cannot block our blessing. This is, this is, this was a big thing for me when I first understood this. The enemy cannot block our blessing, but he can infiltrate our minds and cause us to block it ourselves. Mm. And if we get rid of that head trash and that junk and we actually walk in this, this abundant lifestyle, not abundant that I've got the Ferraris, the Jets, the hot tubs, the jet skis. We joke about that a lot, but it's like, nah, I, I, I've been called to do big things. I've been called to do hard things. And anything different than that is like, it's, it's a focus on lack. What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Oh, man. So many. I was thinking about the Let's phrase see. diplomatic immunity when you're talking mm. about the ambassador. Yes. That's a whole thing of a, like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> but um, I do think that there's a perverse way to look at um, prosperity. Yeah. Like, I've always, it's very obvious to me that these people on TV that are like, send us $20, and we'll send you our holy prayer oil, <laughs> and the Lord will send you $1,000. This is evil. Yes, there's a special place in hell for them. And so, by the way, if, if, if you sending them $20 gives you $1,000, and they don't believe their own model, because they should just be sending out $20 to everybody. <laughs> right. So I digress, but, so like, the way I'm thinking about it is, you know, if our focus is to get and hoard money, there's something broken and we're deceived. Mm -hmm. But the focus is to create and produce and expand because, you know, and this is, I hope this isn't too abstract, but the way that I think about money is money is a natural byproduct of something else. You, you, the way to get a lot of money is not to try to get money. It's like solve big problems to take responsibility for problems that aren't yours right? Eat last. And then there's a bunch of upside and a bunch of money. Sometimes I call money sawdust. Sawdust meaning like the purpose of chopping wood isn't to create sawdust, but by chopping wood, you automatically get sawdust. Yeah. And so like, what are those things we're supposed to do? And if you look in nature, just to use Myron Golden for two more examples, he talks about how in the book of Genesis, it talks about gold. You know, there's gold in the garden of Eden and there's nothing to buy and nothing to sell, but God called it good. Gold is money by the way, dollars are currency. That's a different discussion. But but God calls money good. And there, even when there's nothing to buy, nothing to sell. And if you look at nature as a whole thing, it's it's there's patterns, there's natural laws that apply to entrepreneurship that you can see with a flower, which is you know, the law of sowing and reaping and expansion. Or you, you know the quote, you can count the amount of seeds in an apple, but you can't count the amount of apples in a seed. So entrepreneurship is like that. Where if you create a solution and you scale the solution, if you're serving a mass market or even in a niche market, if you're scratching an itch, so to speak, profits and money is an automatic byproduct of you doing that. Uh, a good friend of mine calls dollars certificates of good deeds, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, but but I do want to recognize that there is a perverse way to look at this stuff. And there's a way to to pretend that the Bible is saying, go get rich and be flashy. And it's not. Right. And it's very clear that the love of money is very dangerous and the deceptiveness of riches is a real thing. And we can put our trust in money and I've done it before. And I've had money and been broke and had money and been <laughs> broke and walked the razor's edge many times. And I'm always closer to God when I'm like, <gasps> right? Because it's very alluring to feel safe and all this stuff. So I think we have to work on our own salvation of fear and trembling. But at the same time, Everything God made, he made to create, to, to expand and, and, and grow, including you and your purpose and your bank account and all of it. Nothing's off limits. Yes. 
Love that. That's that's our, our first uh, mandate is to to be fruitful, right? To multiply, to have dominion, um, and that's way more than just making babies. It's it's the kingdom culture that we are to be fruitful. First. I am a fan of that one though. Making babies, making babies. Got yeah, five. Just saying, if you need tips, <laughs> send me an email. Just do not send that email. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, everybody likes making babies, but uh, people don't like to actually like take care of them. That's the problem, right. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Well, like like a wedding and a marriage, not the same thing. Very true. Like I remember on our wedding night, my wife. So shout out Ashley, I love you. Here's the thing, she cried on her wedding night. And to me, my logic man brain was like, okay, cool, cool. Got bag, bags packed, cars loaded. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Wedding done, marriage certificate. Check, 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 check. Successful thing. We we like did it. And then I walked in our bedroom in our trailer because we lived in a trailer park. And uh, so shout out to my trailer homies out there. <laughs> and she was crying. And I said, why are you crying? She said, it's over. <laughs> and I was like, girl, we didn't start yet. Right. Like, like. And what she meant was she had fantasized about her wedding day her whole life and it was over and all that. But yeah, but we look at we look at everything like that. Yeah. The back end is always the hard part. One of my favorite business quotes is amateurs focus on the front end, professionals focus on the back end. Mm. Right. So yeah. like with kids, like having a kid is easy. Like being a do they say being a father is easy, but being a dad is hard or whatever. Like like yeah. like procreating is not you don't get like a merit badge right. for that <laughs> but like raising a human into a productive god-fearing member of society that's hard yep. you know getting married in vegas by elvis not hard having a marriage that's successful for 50 years super hard right <laughs> getting rich is a back end chasing money is front end yep. because because the sawdust comes over here it's like the derivative behaviors of like adding value Delaying gratification, serving others, solving complex problems, making investments, take eating last, delaying it, delaying it. The longer you do that, then the back end rewards you with everything. Yeah. That's great, man. Um, so many examples there of of I think of what really is just kind of one of your mottos of like doing hard things, right? And and being willing to do those hard things. That yeah, we love that. Yeah. I mean, marriage is hard, right? Entrepreneurship freaking hard yeah it's freaking fun parenting marriage on you mix them together it's like we call it a, a, a molotov cocktail of a nightmare circus like it, <laughs> it could go real wrong you know right these are hard all individually and you mix them together it's just like lord jesus help me yeah um it, but but sometimes like do hard things does not mean be a hardologist mm. which is another thing a lot of small business owners do is they make everything harder than it's supposed to be. Right. It reminds me of what, what is it? The, the Catholics from the 15th century or something. They like crawl on their hands and knees through the town and like whip themselves. And they're like penance. They're like, I'm a filthy boy. And they're just beating themselves. Right. And this is a real thing. People still do this to this day. I see business owners basically do that sure. because they have a false belief that they have to suffer to make a hundred thousand dollars it's so impossibly hard they have to just bleed you know and their soul has to be drained and that's not true doing hard things to us means doing what you know is right even while you're afraid it means the embodiment of courage it means doing what you already know that you should be doing but you're just not doing it but it doesn't mean you make things harder than they should be yes i like that and I, that to me just brings like integrity, like being a man of your word. Like I've committed to this. I, you mentioned Myron. I just think um, 
you know, he talks a lot about confidence yes. and having that. And the reason why people lack in confidence is because they're the, we're the only person that ever knows every lie we've ever told. <laughs> right. So when we say yeah. something, we know immediately like Liar. we're lying. We yeah. lie into ourselves. Right. Yeah. I love Myron's teaching on that. I mean, confidence is a derivative of evidence, meaning the actual true evidence of who we are brings the confidence. And actually, I, I make the argument that everybody already has confidence. Um, but some people have inverted negative confidence. For example, if you have a 400-pound overweight woman who's filled with shame and was abused as a child, which is awful, but these people are everywhere because life is hard and this stuff happens, she might she might be, for example, 100% confident that she's not worthy or okay. she's not worth it or she's not lovable or something. And so when people are poor, they're 100% confident that they don't deserve it or something. There's some other false belief happening. So co because confidence is an automatic byproduct of evidence. So Alex Ramosi says that, you know, to gain more confidence, you need to have a stack of irrefutable proof that you are who you say you are. And you can't like trick it. That's why I think, I think affirmations are like relatively useful, but I think they also don't do anything depending on how you do them. Yeah. Because if you stand in the mirror and say, I am skinny and I'm rich, I'm skinny and I'm rich, I'm skinny and I'm rich, I'm skinny and I'm rich. The reality is I'm shaped like a soup can. Okay. And I'm not that rich. Okay. So, so in, in all of this is subjective. So like if, if you're just lying to yourself in the mirror, that doesn't like move the needle for you. Right. But it is good to speak life in yourself and be careful with I am statements that are negative, like I am an idiot. No, like I am doing what's required to get rich and I'm doing what's required to blah, blah, blah. And over time, you start to stack this evidence, which automatically gives you confidence. Yes. Mm. Love that, man. We do. I mean, we talk about these I am statements within the King's Council and and more so it is, as you mentioned, it's this declaration of of who I'm committing. I'm continually uh in an attempt to become yeah, aspirational future-based version of yourself. Yes. Like I am an intentional man of action, honor, and integrity. Am I always acting that way? Probably not. Right. But that is my declaration of what I'm continually striving it's, for. It's your aspirational proclamation. It's like, this is what I'm driving towards. Yeah. I'm walking to that destination. That's it's, great. it's more of, to me, it's a destination, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You're calling your shot. Like, you know, I'm going to Disneyland. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're on your way. Yeah. <laughs> on the Impala. Oh, right? the... I don't remember the song. I mean, either. <laughs> you're quiet over here, man. I don't listen to all that heathen music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm around you two guys. I, I just want to absorb. I just want to hear. I, I feel like I get like that every time I'm around Josh because literally we could be eating lunch or something. And he just says stuff. I want to take my notebook out and write notes down. Yeah. Pain is an excellent teacher, man. Yeah. Like, basically, I don't know if it's that I'm just a slow learner or something, but we've just suffered. Mm -hmm. Like, our entrepreneur journey has been indescribably hard. And there's no point in even getting into the details because no one's going to understand what it was like or is like to do the things my wife and I have done. Did you, by the way, as a sidebar, though, for this, did you know the divorce rate of couples that start a company together is 7%? Wow. It's a mind trip. People instantly are like, well, that's impossible. <laughs> well, the divorce the divorce rate for entrepreneurs <clears throat> is higher than normal. Yeah. 
But the divorce rate of a, com- a couple that starts a company together with a unified vision is really low. And I think, uh, thank God for entrepreneurship for me and my wife because we trauma bonded together basically, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, the guys you're next to in a foxhole and bullets are flying over your head. Like there's a relationship there. You can't articulate to other people that don't have that thing. And so with extreme financial risk or putting yourself out there or just stepping outside your comfort zone in perpetuity over and over and over and over and me being an extreme introvert and never having want to even make a video ever. And then knowing that God told me as a young man, like, this is what I want you to do. And like trying to position myself to be a person who even has a chance to do it is the story of our life and the ups and the downs and ups and downs. So you know, the Bible says it rains in the just and the unjust alike. You don't have to be surprised if you get a flat tire, so to speak. If your employee quits, if your business fails, it doesn't matter at all. What matters is that you either quit or keep going. And it's it's that grit of trading your life in exchange for your destiny uh, and letting God fill in the gaps and imperfectly pursuing him uh, is what is beautiful about it to me. Like I, I am, if whether I'm delusional or not, I'm going to trade my life for what I think he told me to do. Come hell or high water, that's it. If I go broke, it doesn't matter. I'll pivot and switch and change and do it because I, I can't stop. I won't stop. And it goes back to to knowing or at least being delusional enough to be fully persuaded myself on what that is for me. That's and right. people don't know what that is for them. I mean, that's a starting place, I think, is like yeah. how do people figure out what their specific role is? What did God make them to do? Because mm. if you know that, it doesn't get easier. But it makes decision making easier. Yes. Because all of my decisions break against the reality of that knowledge that I know I'm supposed to wind up here. So do I do this? Yes or no? It makes it binary. Like, does this move me closer to that or no? If it's no, then I don't do it. If it's a yes, I automatically have to do it. Um, yeah, that's and, great. And you've known that since God spoke to you as a young man? Yeah, I mean, kind of brick by brick. But the story is, is I was mowing my neighbor's lawn at 12 years old. And it was this old lawnmower with no hood. It was like this redneck lawnmower, just the engines exposed. And the guy I mowed for, his name was Gordon. He was probably 90. He looked 150, you know, to a 12-year-old. Really nice guy. Couldn't see real good. And I always loved that man because he'd pay me $20 to mow his lawn, and he'd open up his wallet, and he'd let me pull out the $20 bill, you know. And it meant a lot to me that he trusted me because he'd have hundreds and fifties in there, you know. And I always take the 20 and I had a couple hundred dollars saved up from mowing basically his lawn 10 or 12 times that summer so far. And I'm mowing the lawn and God spoke to me. And I'm not, I'm a logic brain person. I'm not super feely emotion, but God, I'm just, God spoke to me. And it, it freaked me out with this holy reverent, like freak, freak out thing. And I stopped the lawnmower as a kid. And I looked up and I told God, yes. And I was excited. And he told me, give all your money away which is a weird thing a 12-year-old boy wouldn't have thought of anyway. I don't I don't even, it wasn't in my mind. I was probably thinking about the weird June bug that was crawling on the tire and looking at, you know, thinking of a fart joke or something. <laughs> uh, but I knew that he said it. And it made me so excited I couldn't even contain it. And I mowed his lawn faster than I ever had. Went home, told my parents, God told me to give him my money away. Isn't this amazing? And they're like, oh, sweetie, like you must have had a bad pizza dream. Like, <laughs> right. you know, don't do that. You know, you worked hard for that. And I'm like, no, he said to do it. Because I wanted to do it. I wanted to. I was like, thank you for telling me a thing to do. Like, I'm going to crush this. Like, so you'll tell me another thing to do, you know? And so I did. I went there and did it. And 
Yeah, it was just kind of step one. And then many years later, another thing happened. Many years later, another thing happened. And piece by piece and brick by brick, it gets more clear. But your situation isn't going to get clear if you're not doing the thing you were already told to do. You have to do that first. Right. Like you always say, action creates clarity. Yes. And like God doesn't give you step three until you do step two. Right. You know? Action brings clarity for sure, but it's your reaction that reveals character. And so when that stuff happens, the the junk, like the the hard things, it's how are you going to react in that situation? Have you, as you even mentioned, have you pre-decided? This is where I think a lot of entrepreneurs can move quicker is, is pre-decide what's going to happen in those situations. Like think through this, like when this happens is the quick decision that I can make is, is it getting me closer to my vision or further away? Right. And all the way down to even little things. But when, when you get clarity on that, then this thing can happen, especially if it's with your spouse, uh, having that unified vision, that, that front that you can actually quickly take, make decisions together, knowing that we're moving together in the right direction. And it's never perfectly clear. Never. And I think it's getting way more clear as I go. Mm-hmm. It's very clear to me now, but it wasn't always this clear. But I still have the the core understanding of what it is that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But I almost I almost want to talk about, you know, culture is all about what's your why. And we talk about that in the business world. And I don't think that's necessarily bad, but I think maybe it is bad, right? Because like the better question is what is your mandate? Like, because, because I didn't make up a thing for myself to do. In fact, the thing that I'm trying to accomplish before I'm dead is impossible to me. It causes great suffering needlessly. And I could definitely sit in my home office, work part-time and make more than a doctor for the rest of my life if I wanted to yeah. with very low stress. Yeah. And I, but I can't because I know that I know I was told to do a thing, to go. And, and so the better question is like, what is that purpose? Not like, does, does this help me get my why? I don't even know what my why is. Someone asked me a few weeks ago, um, what makes me happy? And like, I don't get stumped a lot on questions. I can kind of talk because I do a lot of uh, podcasts and stuff. I did. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't really think about it. Yeah. And I think the church is all about live your best life now, which is a bunch of garbage first of all if this is the best life now heaven is gonna suck (laughs) right right? but second of all like how are book sales for that book doing in north korea or china to those christians huh yeah it's it's nonsense you know and we want to fund the kingdom and i don't want to fund extra fog machine juice for joel olstein's megachurch right we want like i'm staying in my lane and my spiritual gift is being a good repenter and i'm not a theologian i'm not a pastor i'm staying in my lane but my encouragement to other people is don't so much ask yourself, what do you want and what's your why? It's like, what's your mandate? And I can give you a couple ways to get a clue on that. It's when what puts you in flow state? What do you get goosebumps all over your body when you're doing it? When do you feel the anointing? It could be a simple conversation, a piece of advice you give to a stranger, an activity that you're doing when you're writing, when you're creating, when you're doing something, there's a part of you that for a moment you feel a thing. That's in there on purpose. It's called a clue. And so your mandate is going to be peripheral to that somehow. And like start there, right? But, you know, for me, giving money away and stuff, it's just a, it's just the greatest thing ever right. to me. Even when we're poor, it doesn't matter. We gave money little bits when we were poor and more when we had more. And it just, it feels like I'm doing, like doing what I was supposed to do. Yes. 
it's great. I'm glad that you said that just to you about the flow state because I think a lot of people struggle with that of like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. But the last couple podcasts that we've done, we've talked about your calling, your purpose, what is success. Um, and I think it their is, purpose is to find their purpose. Yeah. Like you have to work for it. Mm -hmm. You have to dig it out of the ground and then sh shine it and wash it and chip off the things off of it. Like, it, like, like you got to pursue it. Yeah. It's like, we have this idea that God's going to like hold us up like an Egyptian prince and feed us grapes and be like, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about your why. And you just, you want a jet ski to ride around in your hot tub. Yeah. This is your, like God is somehow subservient to our fleshly right. desires or something. Right. We're in a massive cosmic experiment, a massive lesson being taught to the cosmos through all dimensionality to all kinds of creatures we can't even articulate. I mean, th th this is so big. We are a speck on the back of a speck of back of a speck relative to this whole thing, the spectacle that's unfolding. And it doesn't mean God doesn't love us, but the irony of the dirt people, human beings, the dirt people, God makes in his image the dirt people. And we don't live that long. We're not immortal. Uh, in our dirt body. And then what he does to die for all, everything is so impossible and insane. If the question we're asking ourselves, knowing the reality of the situation is, where do I, you know, I just want that second home and I just want me, 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 and all this me, me, me. Imagine an ant sitting around doing that. Imagine an ant out of a billion ants sitting around being like, these other ants are so, I just want, <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, I want to be a soldier. I want to know the marching orders. Yeah. Like I'm going to trade my life for whatever it is that you made me for. Mm. I am clay. Yeah. I'll be whatever pottery you want me to be. Like that should be the disposition. I just don't see that on a lot of, on a, a lot of people. Because mm. it, it ain't there, right? We're made. Because we have excessive luxury. Absolutely. The state we live in is literally end stage Rome. Sex, decadence, food, pleasure dopamine energy it's we're bathing in it including me i mean we're in like babylon and so we are like in left field we need to be real careful we need to get back on track god's with us and god has us and i'm a very optimistic person but especially if you know you do have a big call in your life and you're not doing it i would be very careful with that because you know when you stand before the lord which is going to happen with 100 certainty i don't want you to have that sick to your stomach feeling when that happens and it's not about you either it's not about me it's not about you stop making it about you mm. yeah that's so sorry good. i took it real heavy no, there that, but i love that so much what, because we do make it about us Go yeah ahead, man that, my question though is what do we do we're in this state now as the church right? they just quit <laughs> you know mike drop kind of a lot <laughs> never mind what's the point point? and even when i say <laughs> even when i say the church it's that because what the church is is the ecclesia, the the called out assembly, the public square. Like the, that's what the church is. But we got the church buildings and the fog machines and all that. But what do we as believers? What do we do collectively? Because there's so many people that I, every person that knows the Lord knows they they were they're called. They they have a purpose, yeah. and I just think there's irreverence they don't, I don't care i don't think we need more stuff on the to-do list i think we need to create a stop doing list mm. like like it's not like okay guys let's uh read seven bible verses a day and make sure we say our prayers to hail mary and all that nonsense anyway i digress <laughs> no like how about not looking at pornography every day how about not playing video games all the time how about not being a selfish dishonest employee at the job that you're at how about not making everything about you? Like, what can you stop doing to set yourself free? 
you know, I, I don't know what that is for you or for me or for anybody else, but there, there's things in my mind coming up for me. It's like eh, conviction, right? Yeah. We need to take things off the plate so we can even hear clearly. Mm-hmm. We need to stop overstimulating our eyes and our ear gates with a bunch of nonsense. We need to stop worshiping America and worshiping politicians and the political state. I love your shirt, God over gov, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we need to stop doing stuff, I think. We need to get clear. And it's okay even if you if you if you pull back in the bow, you got to pull it back so the arrow can go forward. Like take a hiatus for a week or two. Like get your head clear. I don't think people can even think straight. A lot of people are listening to this podcast right now as an act as a form of entertaining distraction for themselves. Right. Because they know that they're supposed to be doing something and they ain't doing it. Right. Well, I'm listening to the Jesus podcast, so it's okay because <laughs> I'm gonna it's like stop listening to this if you have to. Like, you need to get right with God all by yourself. It ain't nobody coming to do it for you, mm. ever. And that's my super aggressive advice, I guess. Mm, that's good. But I believe it. I, I believe that, too. I think that we've, we've just become a consumption society. Decadent. Decadent, yep. Um, and if we got back to just the basic principles of what we're told to do, it's just let's, let's be productive. People... It's, don't walk around wrestling with their sexuality in the year 1682 when you have to build the log cabin or freeze to death <laughs> right. by fall. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Like it's not a thing. Like the ev- part of the evidence of our decadent society is that we have so much success materially mm-hmm. that even poor people are be- wealthier than Kings were a thousand years ago. Right. In terms of technology and running water and all the things okay. we're so rich that we can invent problems for ourselves. Yep. We can invent things. We can we have so much time we can think of new ways to be perverse. New things to be outraged about. Mm-hmm. You know? At the end of the day it's like pretty simple and like there's a beauty I think this is why I'm attracted to like Alaska. Cuz as an introvert I would love to like read books in a cabin in Alaska by myself. And I will go say hi to my kids sometimes with my wife. Because, you know, I want to be a great father and dad. But, like, that's my, like, d- secret fantasy, right? But there's this beauty in, in like, that struggle. And, yeah, the life expectancy was lower back then, but your life meant so much. Mm. When you had a woman and you got married young and you grew up together and it was hard the whole time and the type of relationship that that would forge, right? And then your kids are little, but but when you're 12 years old back then, you're the man of the house. Timmy holds the rifle because dad's got to go to town and that takes two weeks. And Timmy will take care of business if the bad guy shows up, yep. for real, <laughs> right? And that whole like dependence on God is, is, is like a gift. You know, it says in the Bible that in the last days, knowledge will increase. It doesn't say wisdom will increase. Right. And if you look at uh, like a technology graph of all of human history, it's like kind of mostly flat and then a hockey sticks the last hundred years whether it's the fallen angels and all the occult people and the Nazis that were getting like access to this knowledge and computing and AI and all this stuff is just compounding exponentially. And it's making everything terrible on the one hand. So maybe I'm an old soul or something, but I actually think about how much easier it would have been back then. Even though statistically everyone's like, well, that's crazy. They didn't have air conditioning, which by the way, shout out to William Carrier. Let's all have a moment of silence for William Carrier, the inventor of air conditioning. Which, okay. which super appreciate that guy. Yeah, I know it. you do, bro. I come in this studio. It's like 54 <laughs> degrees in here. <laughs> yeah. Who's, by the way, Josh is always rocking a hoodie. 
So yeah. and now you got yours on too. I see. <laughs> Just because it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, this is this has been great. I, we started out talking about marketing, yeah. and now we've gone down this deep dark rabbit hole. <laughs> of, of. I mean, God's trying to market to us. He's trying to tug at our heart. He's trying to persuade us. He, the Holy Spirit is a very soft voice, right? Mm -hmm. And there's people put in your life and text messages you get and everything matters. You just don't think it does. Mm -hmm. There is no coincidences in this world, right? God works together all things for the good that are called according to his purpose, right? Like there is so much effort going to reach you that God is trying to grab you to set you on the path he designed you for. And here's the thing. You're going to love doing what you were designed to do. You don't have to be scared of the very purpose you were put on this planet for. You're going to love it. Singers sing and writers write and birds fly and fish swim. Like when you're doing what you're supposed to do, that is the peak joy you could have as a human being. Mm -hmm. And the, so all the fear doesn't make sense, but everything is marketing. Marketing is everything. The disciples changed the world. You know, I think the news, the propaganda, the all the nonsense, you have deep fakes and AI. No one knows what's true anymore. And we have to more than ever look to the word of God as the only capital T truth there is. There is nothing else. Amen. That, yeah, I think that's solid. That's exactly right. And I think that just comes back to even just take things off your plate. Like it's, simplify. It's, yeah, simplify. Get back to that word of God. Unplug from the matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you say that, I, when just said all that we we have to do less we have to unplug there's so many things that are pulling at us i just think of revelation 320 like jesus is literally standing and knocking on the door of every man's heart mm. and we are just so inundated with technology and bullcrap we don't even hear the knock mm. he's we, at the front door and we're like opening cabinets and doing this and yeah. like pulling out <laughs> drawers like where's the knock coming yeah, from yeah we're sitting in the basement <laughs> with ear airpods there we go on. just yeah mm. It's good, but but he's there. You're right. He's after every man's heart, and that it doesn't take much. When we seek him, we'll find him if we search for him with our whole heart. All we have to do is start seeking. We're seeking everything else. We're seeking that. We don't want to. We don't want to find him. We want to find Buddy Jesus. Yeah. We want to find the version of him that we made up in, in our image. Mm. We want the fog machine, live your best life now version of Jesus, right? And Jesus is more than one nature. Like people are like, you know, I don't like another complaint I have, which by the way, my friend Joe Z says that criticism is the native tongue of the uninspired. So if you're a person that just complains all the time, you're adding no value to anything and stop it. With that being said, I'm going to make a complaint. Um, <laughs> I don't like how effeminate the church is. Mm. You know, just lay your head on the lap of Jesus and all this weird, I'm like, no, I'm not laying my head on a dude's lap. Like, <laughs> but, but my point is like, it's true Jesus is a lamb of God. But it's also true that he's the lion from the tribe of Judah. Mm -hmm. He's coming back with a tattoo on his leg and a robe dipped in blood to yeah. kick some serious. Right. You know what? Yes. And he's both of these things. It's like both. And so the Holy Spirit is gentle and quiet, but he is the judge too. God's mm -hmm. going to judge every deed, everything, all of it. I don't think we have a fear of the Lord. Right. And even, even if you use just not fear, like he's going to hit me with a big stick, but just, I think fear as reverence is just like the natural, actual feeling you definitely logically should feel if you understood who we're talking about right now. But we invent our own God and he's really nice and he gives us nuggies and he lets us go explore our bisexuality. It's like, mm, no, he doesn't. 
No, he doesn't. And he's really nice and he's this, and he lets us run around and just totally pretend like we're kingdom people, but it's all about the hot tub and the jet ski and serving myself. It's all about the ego and the decadence and the things you're doing on your business trip that your wife doesn't know about. You think no one's seeing it and he's seeing all of it, all of it. He sees everything that I do, everything that all of us do, right? And uh, we need to repent, get on our face, and realize it's not about us. Like, and receive the free gift of life that's in Jesus. And then very imperfectly stumble towards whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Um, because I'm an extremely flawed human being. But I'm covered by the grace of the cross, right? And when I say my spiritual gift is being a good repenter, that, that's not me joking, being like, ha-ha, sin doesn't matter. Because I just say, Lord, forgive me. No. It just means you can be a mess and still run towards it. And God's got you. That's what it means. Yes. Have you had that fear of the Lord since you were 12 and you had that encounter with him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true encounter. And I, I, I feel like I've been saying this a lot lately. You know, I love the Bible. I teach every Wednesday morning Bible study. I love diving into scripture and I'm actually feeling like we need to actually close the Bible and figure out how people have a real encounter with the Lord. Not that you can't have an encounter through scripture, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about like you were just mowing the lawn and your heart I'm sure was seeking somehow. Somewhere. Oh yeah. I loved God. Yeah. I mean, we went to this really dysfunctional little tiny church and here's the thing. God was there. And every member of this church was like broken. You know, my parents would smoke cigarettes and yell at each other and taking us in our minivan to church. <laughs> and we get there and the pastor of this church was 500 he was over five, 500 pounds. His wife was not far behind him and they loved God and they were like trying to do it, you know, and there's like 20 people. Everybody in the church is poor. I remember the pastor one time getting an offering. I don't remember if there's five bucks in it or something, but he threw the pan down and goes, Gah! like right in front of the whole church because <laughs> he had nothing and they had nothing to give. You can't pour out of empty cup and, and they're all standing. But the thing is, is like, I think these people, like the Bible says the first will be last, the last will be first, right? Mm -hmm. To whom much is given, much is required. There's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to be at the very back of the line when we get to heaven. And I am happy to be at the back of the line because these people are going to go to the front of the line. Like they're working with less raw material to produce a big result. And because my parents drug me there, even though they didn't want to go, even though their own marriage was just, <clears throat> and even though they had their own Satan's attacking them, all this stuff, the generational curses, they're breaking, the, all the abuse and stuff both of my parents went through, they loaded our asses up and took us to the thing and walked me into that church. And because of that, I was able to stand on the shoulders of that and build a life for my family leveled up because they did change the family tree. Right. Mm -hmm. So did I fear God? Yeah. Cause I loved God. Why did I love God? Cause my parents suffered and made sure that I knew God loved me mm -hmm. and that he was real. And they imperfectly taught me what they knew so far at that point. And what a gift that is. You know, if you go to church now, it's half the parking lot or a hundred thousand dollar cars and people are dressed and they got the makeup. It's a whole thing and whatever, but kind of it, maybe not whatever, you know, like, like what you said, we need, that's a one real encounter with God will change the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah. We need the power, right. which yeah. is why when I give away a hundred million dollars to widows and orphans, the third category is bug eaters, mm -hmm. which is my own silly made up term. Bug eaters, meaning the weirdo Christians filled with the power of God. Mm -hmm. 
I want these people deployed, walking through Walmart, setting, laying hands on people. I want them in gas station parking lots. I want people getting de demons delivered in the middle of, on the sidewalk of some city somewhere. And I want to pay for these people, right? Because that is what we need. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily need to hand out tracts. Jesus loves you. It's like you need the demon out of you. Yeah, you right. need to have the Holy Spirit fall on you in a way that you don't understand even a little bit because you'll figure it out, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and that's that's what business is to me. And and. And by the way, it's pretty good marketing on God when he just casts a demon out of you, right? right You're right. like, whoa, message received. That means lots of things. Okay, what do I do with this? Uh, but it changes your life. Yeah, that's so good. Fantastic. We could go on and on and on and on. Um, I'd love to have you back on another episode and dive deep into that. And even just what I think is, I'd love to go deeper into the fear of the Lord, what that really truly means. Um, and what I what I think, we talked about two kind of extremes, like the broke, broken, defeated, and then these mega churches with $100,000. And I think there's there's one similarity between both of those mindsets, and I believe it is mammon, the spirit of mammon, mm. whether it's in mm. abundance or whether it's in lack. And I'd love to dive deep with you on that, man. Ooh, that's good. We'll come back for next I know one. where you're going with that. That all makes right. sense. All right, all right. It's good. All right. As always, guys, join kingscouncil.com if you want to know more on this. If you'd like to even dig into this dude's brain, couple times a month, we hop on live. We do live coaching calls in one of our three programs we have Discover, we have Develop, we have Deploy. You can find out more of that at uh, joinkingscouncil.com. We'll see you guys on next week's episode. Peace.